The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. When I was getting fitted for like my shoulder pads and helmet and all this stuff, someone goes, hey, Sarah, you know, you're going to be like a Jeopardy question after this. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, this is a big deal. And what was great is they treated me like an athlete, not the girl on the football team. So I just did my thing. I did what I was supposed to do. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and the realest conversations around everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod, everybody. I am so hyped for today's episode. I mean, we are sitting down with one of the most historic female athletes truly of our generation. Joining us today is Sarah Fuller. I'm sure you've heard her name. I'm sure you've seen what she did to make history. But just in case you did not know, Sarah Fuller is an SEC champion, so female soccer player at Vanderbilt. But she made history when she became the first woman to play in a Power 5 conference football game. So after all the kickers on the Vanderbilt football team came down with COVID, unfortunately, Sarah was called from the women's soccer team to help out in the upcoming games. She accepted the challenge. And during her time with the football team, she also kicked an extra point to become the first woman to score in a power five football game. She absolutely made history. It was incredible to watch as a female athlete. And I am so excited that she is here to be our grand finale of Women's History Month and tell us all about her story, which we are going to dive into today. Right before we do, I want to give a shout out to Marie, who left a five-star review, said, so humbling and relaxing. As a college athlete, I really relate to the topics Vic brings up. Love the positivity, motivation, and fun stories. Vic constantly reminds me what it actually means to love myself. Thank you. Marie, thank you so much. You are going to love this episode today, too, because Sarah is going to bring all those because Sarah is going to bring all that inspiration, especially to the female athletes out there. If you are a listener of RealPod and you are enjoying the show and you want to leave a review and a rating, you can head to iTunes and leave me a review. It only takes a few seconds to leave a star rating and you can also leave me some feedback, a comment, and you just might be the special review that I shout out on next week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you get that automatic download every single Wednesday when we bring you brand new episodes. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with history maker Sarah Fuller. Well, Sarah, it's so cool to be sitting down with you. I mean... It would be cool anytime, but it's Women's History Month, so I feel yeah. like it's especially <laughs> exciting. How are you? How has your week been? How are things? <laughs> uh, this week, honestly, has been crazy. I have midterms, and it's my last semester, and I just want to be done. So, 
I feel that it's like senior spring, you're just burned out. Yes, yes, it is so bad and just paper after paper. And I'm like, I can get through this. <laughs> I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. And I feel like, you know, the emphasis obviously has been on what you've accomplished recently, but I'm a firm believer and every student athlete I think has a really unique journey because it's a difficult lifestyle. So I kind of wanted to kick things off by just asking you, you know, what your first year was like as a college athlete at at Vandy. Yeah. And that's what I love about your platform. There's more to the story than just what's on TV and, and gets popular. Yeah. My first semester coming in, I actually broke my foot and, you know, I, I kind of was like, you know, you're a senior in high school and you're starting and you're like, oh, I got the scholarship. This is awesome. And then I break my foot and I come in and they're like, you have to sit the semester. It was just like devastating to me. I had such a terrible attitude about it, too, because I was like, no, I deserve to be playing and I shouldn't be hurt. And I never got hurt in high school. Then I got here and they were just like, nope, you have to sit. And it was bad. Like, I just I had such a bad attitude about things um, just because it's something I'd never really experienced before. And I don't know, I guess in some ways I felt like entitled to, you know, being able to play and all this stuff. And and you don't realize that like at any moment it could be taken away from you from an injury or, or whatever. I kind of had to like relearn a lot of things like or really just learn um, like how to be a good teammate and how to, you know, handle an injury. And that was just really difficult. Uh, and on the Vandy soccer team, we have like these core values that we we live by. And at, at the end of the semester, we get rated on them. Uh, like what are what's our highest core value? What's our lowest? And my highest is always honesty. They always say that I'm uh, very honest, which is true. I, I'm an open book. I'll You're talk like, about is this a dig or a compliment? <laughs> yeah. Well, then, well, then that came with the you know my lowest core value, which was positivity. Because, like, I'm so honest and blunt. I had to, you know, there there were times when, like, hey, I don't, I can keep my mouth shut. I don't have to say, <laughs> say these things. I can, you know, try to, like, have a positive mindset. And I think because I had such a negative mindset, it, it led to that honesty being so, like, just not constructive in, in any way. It was just, it put everyone down. And so when I got those ratings back, my coach was like talking to me and he's like, listen, you need to like fix this. And, and my teammates kind of were like, this is something that's an issue on the team. And were you aware so. of it when it was going on? Like, did you realize how negative and possibly it sounds like you're describing selfish, right? Like you wanted to play, you were thinking about yourself and it was coming off as negative to the team. Did you have awareness at the time to realize it? Or was this evaluation sheet like a big, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was like, I had a bad attitude towards things, but I thought it was just on me, like it was just affecting me. And then when I got this like evaluation back, I was like, oh, dang, okay, so this is really like hindering the team. So like I had to take an approach that like, although I might be injured, there are things that I can actually help with the team, you know, I can cheer them on, I can, you know, go out to lunch with someone who's having a hard time, we can talk. There were a lot of things that I just hadn't ever thought about before that I really started thinking about, you know, others on the team. And, and they did a good job of calling me out for that. And slowly through <laughs> through my injuries um, on the Vandy soccer team and everything, I, uh, you know, I feel like I worked my way up to really being a, a team player. Um, 
I hope they, my teammates would say that about me now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really taught me a huge lesson that it's just, it's not about you. It's about the team. And it's so important to learn that. It's tough too, because I think every athlete entering the college level has expectations for what they're going to do. And part of it is when you're graduating high school, you don't know the team yet. The narrative in your family life and your high school friends is like, oh, you are going to play at this school. It's a very like singular mindset on what you're going to do and, and your success. And then all of a sudden you get there and you realize, you know, there's X amount of other players on the team too who have their own storylines and their own things that they want to accomplish. Yeah, that's and that's a really like interesting like when you dive in and you're a freshman, you're like submerged in this in this new family because you really do become like that is your family and you have to learn all these new personalities. And I had to learn like as a goalkeeper, like how to communicate on the field. So I, I can't, there's one player who might do really well with me just yelling at him, say, hey, fix this. And then there's another one who's like, I need to cushion it with a compliment, criticism, compliment. Um, <laughs> so you, you really have to learn them. And because they do, they do become your family. They, they're with you through, you know, hell and back. Like, they're, I, you know, I can't even count the times I've sat there crying with them or them crying with me or, or just, you know, all, you know, going through stuff whether it's losing a game or, you know, losing a friend or, you know, boyfriends, breakups, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> you just really go through the ringer with them. Was that freshman year going through the injury the first time you'd ever really dealt with isolation, negativity, maybe sort of like a peek into a more poor state of mental health than you had had experienced in high school? Yeah, actually, I did have a, a time in high school where I, I dealt with something similar and clearly I didn't learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I believe, my like sophomore year of high school. Yeah, I, I had gotten called up to like a national team camp for goalkeepers and it was like a really crazy, awesome experience. And everybody on the varsity team on my high school team was um, for some reason, they were very jealous and rude about the opportunity um, and I was like I don't understand like I don't get it like why you know like why aren't they you know supporting me and all this stuff and and so th that was the first time I had to go I finally went to like a sports psychologist because like after that camp I one I was dealing with the criticism from my teammates on on the on the varsity uh, high school team and then I was also dealing with the realization that I'm not as good <laughs> as I thought I was. <laughs> Going to a national team camp, you're like, whoa, like these people are amazing. Um, and I was 15 training with college players. And so I kind of went into like this crappy mental state where I just was like, I'm not good enough. Nobody's like likes me, all this stuff. And it was really cool because after I went through like therapy and everything and started talking with my coaches about what I was experiencing. And I finally realized I have, I can control my emotions and, and my actions towards my performance and, and how I'm doing. Um, and that really helped me kick my training into overdrive and is what got me to Vanderbilt because of my effort and that, and that struggle during that time is when Vanderbilt finally, they saw me at a game and I ended up committing to them. It was like a semester or so after I had gone through all that struggle. And of course, I had to go through it again <laughs> in college. 
I wouldn't beat yourself up over not quote unquote learning from the first situation because I think mental health and some of these situations are really sneaky. To give you an example, I got really good at once I went through all my anxiety and and saw therapists as well. I got really good at catching the I'm not good enough at volleyball. I'm going to lose my spot. Like those anxious thoughts related to sports performance. I would say like junior, senior year, I got good at flagging them and working through them. And then when I got to the real world, I had anxious thoughts that were like the flight attendant thinks you're annoying or (laughs) so-and-so they don't want you to come to dinner with them. And it was like, it just wrecked me. And I was Mm. like, what? I thought when I went through all this stuff as a college athlete, like it would be cake, a cakewalk to deal with the challenges in life. And then I was sitting there in therapy with my new therapist who was like, you've dealt with this before. You just put the reps in for a different situation. So now you have to notice how it's going to disguise itself in a different way. Does that resonate for you at all? Yeah, no, I love that because like the, it it was a different situation. I mean, going from high school to college, like you've gone through similar experiences before, but it's it's not exactly the same. Like I wasn't injured, you know, the, the first time I went through this and now I was dealing with an injury on top of all this other stuff. So yeah, that's definitely... I like that the way you put that (laughs) just training you for the for the next thing you need to go through. And I think that's really kind of just how sports is. You you go through stuff and you deal with stuff and in life, honestly, you just you you grow from it. And I think if I wouldn't have gone through like all these various experiences, various setbacks, I wouldn't be able to handle like what I'm going through now with the whole breaking history and, you know, making history and breaking barriers and, and stuff. Like, I, I don't think I'd mentally be able to handle it if I hadn't been through the hardships beforehand. We're going to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor, Aura Organic, a plant-based organic nutrition company with everything from protein powder and pre-workout to ingestible beauty supplements. They care about making healthy living fun and accessible and easy while harnessing the earth's most powerful plants to transform your health. Aura Organic prides themselves on trying to provide the cleanest nutritional products around, and they've gone the extra mile to prove it. Every single one of their products is third-party tested for heavy metals and purity, and all these test results are available to the public on their website. On top of that, their products contain no hidden ingredients. So each product page on their website allows you to look through every ingredient on every product and see exactly what purpose that ingredient serves. I specifically wanted to talk about Aura Organics pre-workout powder called Renewable Energy. It's USDA certified, organic, and even vegan, and it's formulated to give you a boost of feel-good energy, not the jittery or crash later type energy. They've also included nitric oxide boosting fruits and veggies, which can help support blood flow to key muscle groups and vital organs, supporting strength and endurance. Renewable Energy comes in three delicious flavors, beet pomegranate, raspberry lemonade, and ceremonial matcha, so delish. Head to www. Aura.organic and start your wellness journey today and take 15% off your purchase when you use code REALPOD at checkout. But that's not all. If you decide to purchase a subscription, you'll receive an additional 20% off, totaling 30% off total when you use code REALPOD at checkout. Head to www.aura.organic today and use code REALPOD. I want to quickly talk about today's sponsor who can help you find inspiration in the moment and learn how to express your creativity. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. With Skillshare, you can find classes that pique your interest, 
educate you, and empower you to accomplish real growth. There are so many classes out there, whether you are interested in illustration, photography, podcasting, maybe you want to start a podcast, creative writing, marketing, entrepreneurship. Skillshare has a huge portal of online classes where you can search just about anything and immediately take a class on it. I just took a class called Find Your Style, Five Exercises to Unlock Your Creative Identity. It was unbelievably eye-opening for my work as a creative and also just as a person. The teacher of the class was Andy J. Pizza, and he led me through exercises where I unpacked my identity, influence, and experiences to ultimately find my personal taste and style in both creative projects and in life. And plus, Skillshare is also incredibly affordable when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription to Skillshare is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity today at Skillshare.com slash RealPod and receive a free trial of a premium membership. That's a free trial of a premium membership if you go to Skillshare.com slash RealPod and start your free trial today. Obviously, from an outsider perspective, you could say that pretty much every female athlete, I would think the majority would love to be you, would love to be the one who's making history, would love to be the one who broke the glass ceiling. But it kind of sounds like there's a side of doing that that isn't so glamorous. It is mentally tough and draining. What is that side like for those of us looking in? Yeah. So don't get me wrong. It's really, it's really amazing. And it's an incredible opportunity. Um, but it is one that I didn't ask for. Honestly, I kind of went into the whole experience just kind of naive, just thinking I'm just helping out the football team. I'm doing them a favor. I don't, you know, I won a championship. I'm good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, sorry to interrupt, but for those people who are not totally familiar, will you just give us the quick overview of like, did the football coach call you? How did that work out? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we had actually just gone to the for soccer, had just gone to the SEC tournament and played all the way through, won every single one of our games, um, won the tournament and turned back around, headed back to Nashville. And then Monday morning, I saw a missed call from my assistant coach. And I was like, why is my coach calling me? This is not good (laughs) when your coach calls you after season. So I called him back and he's like, hey, you got a second? I was like, yeah, what's what's going on? And he's like, okay, the football team was hit by COVID. Their entire like kicking team is just out. We need we need a kicker. And they contacted the the soccer team and and I contacted you because I thought you you could handle it. And I was like, uh, okay, can I like call my parents? And he was like, no, no, just tell me yes or no. And I was like, okay. So I told him yes, <laughs> I'd do it. And, you know, within like, he's like, can you be out on the field in 30 minutes? And I was like, yeah, sure. So within 30 minutes, I was out there kicking field goals. I made 12 out of 15. And they were like, all right, cool. We're going to suit you up and play. So, yeah, really all we had was a a long snapper, a holder. And you had never kicked a football before that tryout? No, no, I hadn't. I mean, like, (laughs) maybe like once, but no, I I just like used everything I knew from soccer and like transitioned it over. And I was like, I I guess this works. So, and I mean, I got an assist over the SEC tournament in soccer from midfield. So my teammate, Reagan Kelly, she, she like volleyed it in off of my, (laughs) my boot from midfield. So I I do have a leg. Um, So I think it was really (laughs) awesome that they were like, yeah, she can do it. So now we know how you 
were kind of sought out to be the person to step in. We were kind of heading towards you not expecting at all what this was going to become. I mean, you just thought you were staying around to help the football team out, not even thinking about the entire world catching on to this and wanting to cover it. Yeah, I mean, I was when I was getting fitted for like my shoulder pads and helmet and all this stuff, someone goes, hey, Sarah, you know, you're going to be like a Jeopardy question after this. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're like, this is a big deal. And my dad even called me after I told them and they were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a huge deal. And I was like, is it really? OK, you know, I just trained and stuff like that. I, I didn't think much of it. I just and what was great is they treated me like an athlete. Not that I was a girl on the football team. Um, So I just did my thing. I did what I was supposed to do. I was going to ask about that when you first showed up to the team. What was that like? Was there a big, this is Sarah and everyone came and met you? Did you just scoot right into your position group? Did you have a separate locker room? (laughs) (laughs) They did like a half, like, like a half second. The the head coach came in. He was like, "Uh, as you guys know, we need a kicker. Here's Sarah. She's going to do it. She's good at what she does. Don't mess with her. And that was kind oh, of it. And I like that. went in. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and I know I know a lot of the guys. Um, you know, it's my senior year. I we're friends with them. And so I, I knew a lot of them. It was weird transitioning from like soccer to football and the and the fact that they have like one like five AM or like five AM meetings um were not fun. <laughs> and then meetings after meetings and like all this, you know video, film, analysis, a lot of stuff I didn't realize went into it, um, which was pretty cool to be a part of. And yeah, I had my, I had a separate, separate locker, locker room. I just stayed in the soccer locker room, but it was so sad because I'd see all my teammates names on the, on their lockers and I was like, I miss them. But <laughs> <laughs> you were there, you were there all alone. I yeah. think it's so cool that they had you come at 5 a.m. and attend all the meetings. Like you were a part of the team. They weren't like just show up on game day. We're going to have you kick. It was, you're joining our team temporarily. Did you know mm-hmm. football really well? Or was all of this scouting and film new to you? It was all brand new. All of it. But, like, are you a football fan? Did you understand the game of football? Yeah. Like, I understood, like, basics. Like, I just sit and watch for fun. But I had no clue how much went into, like, I mean, these guys study. Like, study hard for plays and all kinds of stuff. And special teams, like, kicking is a little different. I mean, you just go out and you kick a handful of times at practice. You don't want to wear your leg out. It's definitely like a different mental monster because like with goalkeeping, it, I feel like it's like playing chess with the back line and organizing people to the point where like you don't have to work. Like you're you're putting them in positions where, you know, everything will be covered. But then when you get to kicking, it's like you got to stay warm, but you don't want to get injured by staying, you know, by kicking too much. And then you could be ready to go at any moment in the game or you could not. It's just, it's a, you have to stay like mentally balanced through the whole process. So a lot of credit to uh, kickers and what they do because the mental game is not easy for them for sure. So That's so fascinating. And even when you allude to this chess playing as a goalie, I would say I know soccer well enough that, you know, I watch and I, I know I would say your job is to not let soccer ball enter the net but (laughs) obviously there's a lot more that you do that just the average watcher doesn't understand and I think the mental side of sports is so interesting because 
here there are thousands of like trolls and people online who these kickers when they miss these kicks to go to overtime or to win the game like my heart is always pounding I don't care if I'm watching a random football team when a kicker has to come out to like score the extra point or whatnot for a team, just the amount of pressure that's riding on this person's back. And I I don't know, I don't think you had that specific situation, but I'm sure you could imagine based on your experience. Yeah. I mean, my situation was like the whole world was watching. Um, So it's not like I had the game winning field goal, but it was like, listen, if you don't make this, like you're going to get so much crap for it you were realizing that before the kick. Like, obviously, we don't want to be having the worry thoughts, but you were being a realist. You were like, I do understand now. I need to make this goal. What was the mentality like prepping and the self-talk like when the negative thoughts crept in? You know, I do this like cheesy thing, uh, especially for the the field goals. And I literally just mentally revert to like a SpongeBob episode. That is terrible, (laughs) but that is literally what I do. So I don't like, I'm thinking about like, something stupid Spongebob said instead of like, oh, hey, the entire world is watching. You need to make this kick. So I just like move my mindset to something else and then trust in that my training and everything I did for the two weeks (laughs) is going to be effective. So yeah, that's what I did. And for the first uh, PAT, I went out there and I I kind of blacked out. Like I walked up to my walkout and I was like, okay, I hope it goes. I hope did it go in? Like I walked off the field and I was like, did it go in? <laughs> Cause I don't remember anything, but yeah, it was like, it, it is, I think more so after the fact I was, I realized the the huge significance of it because if I would have overwhelmed myself with those thoughts beforehand, I just, it would have been too much for me. So, yeah, this might catch you by surprise, but I am a huge SpongeBob fan. It is my happy place. Like I just diving into that world. I don't know. It's something about, wow, these characters just live this cute little life with no worries. And like, it's just so pleasant to watch. What is the episode and what exactly are you calling on? I'm just curious. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there's, I don't know the episode, but there's a point where like this butterfly comes up to SpongeBob and he's just like fluttering around him. And then SpongeBob looks at him and goes, sorry, I don't speak Italian. And I just, it's so dumb. And I just think it's, it's just the funniest, like it just popped in my head. And I was like, we're going to think about this right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's great because people who aspire to be, I think, elite athletes think that you have to be laser focused on the moment and you have to be mentally preparing and visualize what you're going to do. But at the end of the day, everyone is different. And I used to watch the office episodes before I headed out to the arena to play volleyball games because I just had to not think about the game at all, or I would Mm -hmm. send myself into this spiral of anxious thoughts. So I love that, that that's what you did. That's, that's super awesome. I want to ask too about your very first, gosh, my boyfriend's going to kill me because he's a football player. And I was like asking him stuff to prep for this, but your first thing was a punt, right? The very first thing you did was called a punt. Oh, it was a, it was a squib kick. Well, a squib kick, right. How much of that was calculated? What guidance did they give you? Did they tell you to squib it to that area? Like what went on in the prep for that moment? Yeah, so obviously like soccer to a football is 
way different. So there's one thing when someone's like holding it and you know able to hold the football and take a take a field goal. There's no issue with that. But like with the kickoff, it's it's different. Normally they put it like on a tee and kick it off. And the way I kicked a soccer ball, I, every time I tried to kick a football on a tee, I I would hit the tee instead of the football. So like during practice and stuff, we were like, okay, we can't do this. That's not going to work. It oh, just, interesting. Because on a soccer ball, you're going underneath the ball to kick mm-hmm. it and a football is different. Yeah. That's tough with muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we were like, okay, we're, we got to get this quick. We got to figure out what to do quickly. So yeah, I, we just kind of took the approach of kind of like a field goal that someone was going to hold the ball for me. I'm going to have them angle it a certain way. And yeah, our plan was that I had several different kicking options that I could have done. Um, and I asked to do the, the squib kick. I just felt like it was the best option for me. I, I was most effective at that. I was able to kick it and it would just die. And I knew our guys would be able to get on it. So I ended up calling it and they're like, all right, we're going to go do it. And yeah, it's so funny. People are like, she can't kick it far. And I was like, I, I can't. I literally made an assist <laughs> from midfield with a soccer ball. It's just, this is part of the game. And um, it's crazy because like several weeks after I did that, I got a lot of hate for it. Several weeks after I did that, I'm watching TV and some guy, some kicker does a squib kick. And I'm like, like, and he's getting praised for like how amazing this kick is. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, what? <laughs> how is this any different? Like, it, it makes no sense. There's so many haters out there. And it's crazy because, I mean, how much did you pay attention to that? Or was it hard not to see what was going on? Obviously, it was history. And then there is sexism. And there's a lot of people that are going to get involved in the conversation. And in general, I just think sports commentary is brutal. I've always wanted to talk about this but I never know what to say because I respect sports journalism. Like it's their job. But as someone who played sports, I have my boyfriend plays sports. My brother's a pro golfer. All my friends. I just think about what they're really going through. Like we talked about this in the beginning, what their life is really like, how much effort they're putting in for a thousand people to tweet bench so-and-so or AK, this person sucks. And it's just like, this is a human, you know? Yeah. So that side of sports is is tough. How did you handle it? Thankfully, a lot of like journalists and everything were very supportive. Um, but there right. were a few that like came out that I was like, they they didn't know the whole story. Like people would come out with articles and they just didn't know the entire story. And that was so frustrating to me because I was like, you guys are sending like this false narrative that I demanded to be on the football team and I demanded to do all this stuff. And I was like, no, like I... I offered to help because they asked for help and I, you know, was there. I think the, it's just one of the biggest things, I'm going switch gears a little bit. Like I've always dealt with issues of like my body and how I felt like I looked and, and being a soccer player. I mean, I'm 6'1", I'm like 195 pounds. So I'm, I'm big. And I've always dealt with comparing myself to my teammates that I'm, you know, not skinny enough and I'm not, you know, I can't run fast as them and all this stuff. And then I noticed when I joined the football team, I was getting all this criticism that I was going to get wrecked. I was going to get, you know, tackled to the ground. And and I'm standing here bigger than all the other kickers on the football team, the <laughs> male kickers. 
And I'm like, why am I getting like this double standard of body image? And it just like put me in this weird space where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. People are always going to judge you that you're too small or you're too big or you're, you. So that's something I've had wow. to kind of grapple with and just realize like, okay, who I am is good enough. Like I've done really amazing things. I'm somehow now a two sport athlete. Like, so I just have to continually like remind myself that I can't listen to those comments and those, you know, those negative opinions. Cause it, it doesn't matter because I'm the one actually doing this stuff. Um, and my body is strong enough and capable of, you know, making an upper 90 save and kicking a, a field goal. So, um, that's just, that's been a weird thing to grapple with. Um, that's so fascinating. Thanks so much for, for sharing that because it is something I think a lot of athletes, men and women relate to is that comparison to your teammates. And also that question of like, is my body good enough for my sport? And even the, this idea of an athletic body type, I feel like so society sometimes says, okay, fine. If you're not going to be like a skinny Instagram model, you can be an athlete, but then that means you need a six pack. You need to have X amount of body fat. You need to like fit a mold. And, you know, it took time to realize that, I mean, you know, this with all the girls on your team, all the bodies are different. People are different heights. Some of them have shredded thighs. Others have abs. Others don't. Others don't even look like they have muscle, but they're the strongest on your team. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's it's there's there's such a difference. And I think the biggest takeaway from what you shared, I mean, two, two big takeaways. One is that no one else can validate or invalidate you and in what you're doing. And you saw that firsthand from not feeling like you fit in in one place and then being too small for another place. And then also that what our body does for us is the most important thing. Have you felt like your relationship, how has your relationship with your body changed since these experiences? Yeah. Um, I, I've always dealt with like our fitness tests um, on the soccer team. I've always struggled with them. And I think a lot of it was mental and it got me to the point where I was like, I'd look at my body and I'd be like, well, like I'm clearly not fit. I'm clearly not capable of doing this stuff. And weirdly enough, joining the football team gave me like this boost of confidence because I was, a, I was around guys and everybody's like, guys are so much tougher and stronger and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I was able to hang with them. I was able to, you know, I did the conditioning with them. I did, you know, all everything. So it gave me like this weird confidence boost. So then when I did go back to soccer, I kind of realized, you know, like I'm capable of doing these things. It doesn't matter how I look because I finally like had that realization like, oh, they judge, they judge your body. If you're a football player, if you're a soccer player, if you're too big or too small, it doesn't matter. It's just my, am I capable of doing it? Am I willing to put in the effort? Am I willing to push past that mental barrier to, you know, beat that fitness test? And finally did. I did it. This yeah. is, it was the fastest I did my fitness test in. And I was like, so proud of myself. And again, it was just kind of back to the very first thing we talked about. It was like going through all those struggles and, and those hardships to get to the point where I was like, okay, I am mentally tough enough to overcome these things. So that was like really awesome to Congrats, to accomplish. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. That's so exciting. <laughs> Dude, half the fitness test is the anxiety of yes. taking the test. 
not oh, even the actual terrible. test. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so bad. I never like, and I realized that it's, it is a lot just in your head because I, I've talked to my sports psychologist before and he said, you know, your body will, will keep pushing and keep pushing. And he gave an example of like a runner that sometimes they run so much, their body just like passes out. And they ask people like, how, like, did it hurt? Was it bad? And they're like, no, I just like, my body was like done. So like your body will determine when it's done, but you mentally shut yourself down before your body is like, no, I'm done. So like having to, to push to these limits on these fitness tests, and of course you don't want to get hurt, but that's. I was just like, going to say, yeah, you stop like, right before you pass out. Yeah. Like don't pass <laughs> out. But like your, your body is physically capable of like doing really amazing things and just having that, you know, mental toughness to like, all right, I'm going to get to the end of this test. I'm going to reach, um, reach the end. And of course you, you hope your coach has set a, a reasonable standard that <laughs> people are able to make. <laughs> But again, different topic. <laughs> so when you say you just passed your fitness test, you're graduating, right? So what was that for? Is this another season or? Yeah. So with COVID and everything, normally the NCAA soccer tournament is in November, but they moved it to April this year. So this is actually really cool that I get to continue playing another semester yeah, and I have I have extra years of eligibility um, that I'm going to take to uh, University of North Texas to to play soccer. But this is my Exciting. last year at Vanderbilt. Just this last semester, I think we have like two two home games left, and literally every second I'm out there, I just you know when my one of my teammates cracks a joke or you know something silly happens, I just really try to take it in because I'm like, dang, this is like my last time with these guys, <laughs> and and I love them, and I've you know, grown so much with them and, and they've pushed me and challenged me. And so I'm just thankful that I it, it's, it has extended, you know, my soccer season a little bit longer. That's so great. I mean, lots of sports left in the future for you, it seems. So that's, that's so <laughs> <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> you know, I do want to touch on obviously the history. I mean, just in general, being the first female to play football in a power five school, has that all sunk in? How do you feel now? Does it hit you when you're brushing your teeth on a random Wednesday morning? <laughs> <laughs> what has it been like internalizing the mark you've made? Because you are for sure going to be a Jeopardy question, but you're also, so, you represent so much more than just that. Yeah, it was weird because actually yesterday I was at a dinner with my boyfriend. We were just sitting there at a restaurant and I, I'm on TV because it's Women's History Month and it's on ESPN and it's like me and I'm just sitting there watching myself like kick a field goal. I'm like, I guess I did that. Like, <laughs> so, but like that keeps happening. And um, that that's what's so weird because, you know, I'm like in a soccer mode now and, and kind of trying to move forward from everything. And it just, it keeps showing up and it's like really cool that I, I made that impact. And my my favorite thing ever is when I have like, a little girl reach out to me and they're like, dude, you inspired me to like join my flag football team or mm. you inspired me to, you know, play soccer with the guys or you, you know, like anything. And then I've also had like grown women come up to me and, and they're like, I wanted to play football as a kid and I was always told no. And now you are making it possible for my kids to do this. And then I've had dads come up to me and they're like, I, I'm a girl dad. I have like Aww. three little kids. I have three little girls and they were sitting there surrounded 
surrounding the TV, watching you. And um, it was just like a special moment. And so I'm constantly like reminded of these things that that make all like the hate and the the crappy comments I've gotten just it it makes everything worth it because I it, it's just crazy to me that I was someone who it, I'm now an inspiration to someone it's it, that's nothing that's nothing I ever like set out to do or to be so I feel like it's a it's a really big responsibility that I now have that's so exciting and you know it's totally reasonable that you are feeling the weight of that pressure just now. I mean, one thing we can look at is just the insane social media following that occurred yeah. probably overnight for you. I yes. mean, what was that like? You're posting pictures for like your friends and family and now you're like, whoa, I'm posting this to the world. Yeah, um, that was insane because I, I posted the let's make history post and that's what gained me a uh, hundred and seventy something thousand followers within like the day I went from under a thousand to that many I think I'm at like it's dropped off but it it's yeah that was crazy and dealing with that dealing with social media has been hard and I'm pretty good about like I don't normally put like like touch up images or do anything like that um I just have always just posted who I am and but it's made me like super cognizant of like what I'm posting and I was like people like this will they not like it and I hate that and yeah. I've had like conversations with my boyfriend he's like just be yourself like people love who you are just be yourself and like be funny be you and um that advice has been <clears throat> kind of hard to to like accept like I know I need to do that but it's been hard to accept um and I'm slowly like starting to be that way like I'm just gonna post what I want because it's it's right. me and it's it's who I am and so yeah, that is definitely like a different world that I just wasn't exposed to that all of a sudden it was like, boom, you're now Instagram famous somehow. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like you didn't really ask for it. And now I bet you have some sympathy for the celebrities or pro athletes that you've looked up to because you yeah. have this glimpse into, you know, what they might deal with on a daily basis or on those world championship stages. That is definitely true and true. I I found like if I try to present like this like glamorous lifestyle or whatever it's not I'm literally sitting on my floor in, in my bedroom right now with a unfolded pile of laundry like <laughs> this is the reality of it so <laughs> I love that hey well that is that's the name of the show real pod so thank you so much for sharing everything you did today it was so awesome to talk to you I mean you are just an amazing person and I think that it was really cool to hear bits and pieces of your story and what you've been through and how you've internalized everything because there's so little that a magazine cover, good or bad, can really tell you about someone. So mm -hmm. thanks so much, Sarah, for taking the time and your busy schedule and for sharing everything you did today. It was so great speaking to you. It was an honor. Yeah. It was an honor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast 
so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real.